SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. This episode, we're looking at Brave Star. Yeah, now Brave Star is a funny one for me, um, and I'll come on to um, how I sort of got introduced to the show in a minute. Um, but just a bit of an introduction, because normally we talk about shows and people, oh, I remember that, I love that. This one, every time I mention, what the fuck was that? Now, it's interesting you say that, right, because I was thinking about this this morning as well, and then... Um, Part of the kind of genesis of this show was that on our other show, Who Wins, we'll quite often talk about things, and we used to go off off massive tangents, and um, we talk about these shows that, that we could remember, and remember fondly, and since starting SMPD then, we have kind of gone after the big hitters. We've had a few random ones yeah. that I've thrown in, but we we have kind of gone for, you know, your, your Thundercats and, and things like that, and your Batmans, and they, I mean... You know, that appeal that we were a new show that appeals to people because yeah. they go, oh, I remember Batman, I remember Thundercats. I think now we're long enough in the tooth that maybe we can start really delving into these shows that do mean something to us and like, these yeah. shows that we remember. And and yeah, Brave Star, I think, was was very, very big for a very short time. Yeah. And it's kind of the star that burns twice as bright, shines half as long. And, and that's. Right. That was kind of it with Brave Star, I think. So I'm not surprised that a few people can't remember it, but I think those that do will really latch on to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the show itself, um, it's an American space western, um, which not pretty good the Firefly at all. Well, you know, again, I was thinking about this, um, and, and we'll, we'll come on to the similarities, yeah. perhaps, between the two shows, but it's way more of a western than Firefly yes. ever was. And I think it uses those Western tropes far more successfully than Firefly ever did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's obviously going to be yeah, a similarity can, drawn there. You're always going to have that. Um, I, it just it just sort of struck me that it's you've you very rarely see it now where you marry two completely disparate genres um, in in a successful way. You, know, you, yeah, you yeah. do get it. You, know, you get it done all the time, but it's done so badly that people sort of want to ignore it. Yeah. Um, but the, this is certainly one of the only examples I can find of kids shows that do it to any great success. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. This was very much a western. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was um, a space animated space western series. Uh, original episodes aired from September nineteen eighty seven to February nineteen eighty eight. So yeah, literally a six month run. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sixty five episodes in six months though. So they just hammered out. Yeah, so yeah. right, we've got our syndication. We'll just hammer it out. Um, created simultaneously with a collection of action figures. Uh, it's the last animated series produced by Filmation and Group W Productions before Filmation shut down in 1989. Mm. Um, Filmation also did um, He-Man. He-Man, yeah. Uh, famously. And Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters, yeah. Um, 
funny you should mention Ghostbusters because the allegedly, and I, I found this in a couple of places online, um, so I'm, I'm assuming it's true because now I've found the internet real. Um, the idea for Brave Star began with Tex Hex, who's the chief adversary. Mm -hmm. um, Tex Hex was created by Filmation staff artist in 1984 during the development of Ghostbusters. Um, Lee Scheimer found the character fascinating, pulled Tex Hex from the Ghostbusters cast, and asked uh, Filmation's vice president um, and art director to develop a science system and fiction western around the character. As concepts took shape, staff writer Bob Ford fleshed out the writer's guide and eventually co wrote the feature film, so Brave, Brave Star the Legend. So, literally, it was they made. Um, I'm assuming it would have been a, a, a ghost um, a ghost cowboy. Yeah, must have been. Um, and somebody went, actually, no, fuck it, I want that. Yeah, we want it, yeah. Um, and then they developed the show. Now, interestingly enough, um, Tex Hex is also where I came to this show because I think I would have, it would have been my sort of sixth or seventh birthday. Somebody bought me a Tex Hex. Mm. And I remember, I've still got the figure of my parents' house. It's like eight inches tall. They, they the were toys bigger. were huge. They, they were, were fucking so much awesome. Bigger. Yeah. They were so much bigger than you know, most um, yeah, figures yeah. at the time. Um, and it was... Articulated at the shoulder and the elbow, and the, the wrist was you could take the gloves off, you could take the yeah, forearms off. They were incredible they were toys, amazing. Yeah, um, but I'd never seen Brave Star at this point. I was like, What? No, okay, and, I, and he's yeah. like, Okay, it's a cowboy, but anyway, yeah. and, and then I think it was on at Sky One in the mornings or something, so I didn't see it that often. We see it on the grounds because the ground had Sky, and we didn't. Um, so I got into it that way, mm. but I had no idea what the show was I think until it's kind of, yeah, the, those shows, especially the filmation stuff, like they were created to sell toys, yeah. I mean, uh, this one, the toys were actually on sale before the series aired. Well, there you go. Now, it's funny you say it, because, yeah, you, your story, I, I had one quite similar as well, where I remember, I think I only had 30-30 in a Brave Star, I think. That's 30-30, the horse. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I had. But anyway, I remember having the Brave Star, because my parents went away for a weekend and brought me, like, a toy back. Yeah. Being guilty, obviously, for dumping me on, on my aunt at the time. And they brought me back a Brave Star. Same thing, I had not seen the show, but I had this fucking awesome space cowboy toy that I yeah. played with for ages, and yeah. then all of a sudden the show crops up, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what this is. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of instantly got into Bravestar, because growing up, and this is probably why they brought me the Bravestar toy as well, um, because growing up, my dad and my grandfather were both like really into Westerns, like mm. really into Westerns. And they try and like sit me down and watch them, with them and I'm like I don't want to watch your fucking old timey nonsense yeah. this is all fucking black and white shit and they've got like crappy little six shooter guns and they're all riding horses like yeah, hey well where Star Wars is yeah, like, yeah, yeah what the fuck like show me He-Man yeah. um, but then all of a sudden this fucking show comes along and they literally took all of that which I've been forced to endure and dumped it in space. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I get it. This is fucking awesome. So I, I already had all of the kind of required knowledge and baggage to understand Western tropes yeah. and what they were. Because I'd been forced to do them for the last eight years of my life. Probably four of which I was conscious of them for. But, you know, I'd been forced to do that. And then all of a sudden they dropped that into space with talking robot horses and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, this is just amazing that's, yeah that's what it needed to be and then, and then naturally of course like whereas my dad would give a shit about He-Man you know I mean couldn't, couldn't care wouldn't watch that with me Brave Star's on he'd come and sit down because this genuinely was a really good western show first yeah. and foremost it just happened to be in space yeah that's right um, so yeah I mean the the plot of it um, for people who don't remember or, or can't, aren't familiar with it um, combine, combine elements of science fiction and western genres set in the 23rd century on a multicultural desert planet called New Texas. I'm sorry, original Texas is bad enough. 
This is new text. This is new text. I mean, there are elements um, as an adult looking back on it, and I see even as an adult, I've I've fondly remembered this show my whole life. I really have carried Brave Star with me, and it because it's such a niche one as well. It's one that I've really latched onto. Um, but getting older and getting into comics, um, just things like New Texas, there's definitely a, a little bit of a kind of slightly anarchic Judge Dread vibe that runs through Brave Star yeah. as well. Um, that kind of post-apocalyptic society is is there in New Texas that just like you get in kind of mega city so yeah yeah so I mean yeah it was it, it was good in that way it, as I say it did, all, it did incorporate a lot of elements of, sort of the uh, things we talked about you talked about Star Wars um, the setting of most episodes in New Texas is a planetary system orbiting three suns um, 600 parsecs or 1957 light years from Earth um, but again, the whole multiple suns thing gives you mm-hmm. that sometimes. Really so they've kind of got, well, that's popular. We want a cowboy show. How do we do that? Yeah. And they've kind of married it that way. It really does feel like, I know, like you, you just give me the knowledge there. I didn't know that it was created out of um, Tex Hex. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing's done with, it seems to be done with such love. For, oh, yeah. For the genre. It really does feel like somebody's passion project where they just went like, you know, I, I fucking love cowboy stories. Yeah. So I'm going, what's popular that I can just, gives me an excuse to tell cowboy stories. Oh, Star Wars is popular. Right, okay. Cowboys well, in space. Cowboys in space. It's that kind of 80s high concept yeah. production at its best. It is literally people sat around in the boardroom going, yeah, okay, you like cowboys and you're going to tell good cowboy stories. That's not enough. Yeah. What, like, How are we going to sell it? Yeah. Are cowboys riding dinosaurs? Are they in space? What yeah. are they? And they go, okay, well, yeah, it's cowboys in space. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it lends itself well because by having it sort of, yeah, okay, it's it's, you know, it's it's set on another planet, but it's you know, it's a very Earth-like planet for mm-hmm. intense purposes. Um, and it's you know, it's set up in a very Earth-like way. So you have um, settlements, um, much like yeah. you would find with the mining so. colonies. Yeah. No, so you had that. So you've got um, then you've got the, nat- the the native civilization. So you've got the prairie people. Um, you've got the mines. Then you've got you've got um, the various different species. Then you start introducing robots because you know, you've got kind of plan Star Wars, but as well as so you've got cyborgs and shit like that. And it just kind of goes well. We can still tell the story we want to tell, and we just kind of have to make some concessions with these with these characters and with these with the sci-fi elements. So instead of them being a particular tribe of Native Americans, they can be I don't know equestroids or dingoes instead. Yeah. Um, or they can be eight cats, and we can just sort of say, right, okay, we'll no, but instead of say having a story where we're encroaching on the land and stealing their water and don't realize it, we'll have them as being aliens instead. Yeah, I mean, Brave Star was always interesting from that standpoint as well. I didn't realize it as a kid, obviously, and um, when you look back at it as an older adult, like Brave Star is not your typical American shit. Right, he's a fucking Native American. He's an Indian. Yeah, he's raised by a shaman. Yeah. He's got. That's where he gets his animal powers from. Yeah, because it's the teachings of the shaman. You know, he's even though he's the marshal, he is an Indian. Yeah, you know, so he's already subverted the whole genre anyway. That's right, and then so the and Tex Hex is your typical oh, yeah. what would be your typical six shooting, gunslinging, rooting, tooting cowboy. Yeah, that's right. So, and it's very intentionally white. Now his skin yeah, is sort yeah. of very pale and very pale pallid. purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. purpley gray, sort of very, say, very yeah. pallid, very. Uh, not very intentionally so and I think there there are a lot of me- if you, you can read same with any piece of fiction any piece of literature you can read into it what you like mm. but there are some very definite themes of sort of the the way sort of the Native Americans were treated and the way they were, they were sort of overrun yeah. the way that they were colonised there's some very definite themes to that it's a very definite um, 
digs, I want to say. It's, it is quite a forward-thinking show in a lot of ways like that. In the, I say forward-thinking, that happened eons ago. Yeah. This is the fucking 80s. This is when we first started dealing with this stuff That's right. And I think as a people. And they, they were there through the door with that. And not just that, I remember there being episodes about like drug abuse and suicide yeah. and all fucking sorts. Like yeah. This was a really... Like I said, these were real grown-up adult Western stories. They just animated them and chucked them in space. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, Talk about drug abuse. I'd forgotten this until doing the research for this week. One notable episode called The Price. Um, there's a boy... Um, there's a drug called Spin, which is kind of like LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, a, a young male character becomes addicted to it and dies of an overdose. Yeah, this is fucking kids' TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You they never th- had that. And like... Um, so you know, you're talking about some of the, the more adult themes, and like you talk about the uh, Native American stuff like that. But then you have um, they're on a they're on a mining planet, effectively, and they're stripping at this natural resource called carrion. Yeah, which kind of looks like red kryptonite. Yeah, um, but they're stripping this natural resource, um, and it's it's a, a source of conflict. This the, these mines and people want people are fighting over the reserves. They're fighting yeah, to get war going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But you get the impression that it's again, it's this whole thing of yeah, you're actually no, this is what you do to our planet. You're fucking stripping it, yeah. and you'll carry on abusing it even after the the supplies have gone. Yeah. And you, we're probably talking what? When did I say this was? Eighty seven, eighty eight. Yeah. You're probably a good two, three years ahead of the Captain Planet, and so that big environmental push you had in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. And again, we're, so we've got these people saying, no, making these bold statements in a time where kids' TV was very much expected to be apolitical. Yeah, and I, I, but again, I think that comes back to the, the type of show that was created. Like, if you go back then to when my dad and my granddad were kids, which is where their love of Westerns come from, would be from radio yeah. serials and TV serials of that time, where you didn't necessarily have cartoons like we have cartoons now. You'd have family serials. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of those, because they were cheap to make, would be Westerns. Yeah. But they had to appeal to the whole family because TV was only on for like four or five hours a day. Yeah, that's right. So you couldn't give an hour to kids. It had to be family TV. And this kind of harks back to that in that first and foremost, these are Western... It feels like a Western serial. These are Western serial stories. Yeah. And then they just happen to animate them and they happen to be able to sell a shit ton of toys because they put it in space. Then that's them putting their corporate hat on. That's right. And that's the the Tex Hex toy I've got. It's... I think it's eight or nine inches tall. Though I suppose most figures were about four or five inches. Yeah. Um, and it, you, know, you had the hat, and you had a fucking lasso, and you had you, know, you had yeah. various blasters and rifles and stuff. But I remember specifically, I couldn't remember the name of it, but I remember having these two red fucking plastic lumps. Yeah. Which was supposed to be this carrion stuff. Yeah. But you had that with all the toys that came out yeah. of the series. They all came with this fucking supply of yeah. this this mineral they were supposed to be mining. Regardless of no, be it the horse or mm. whoever else, you always had this stuff. I don't think that's like, what the fuck is this for? Yeah. But again, it's part of that statement, isn't it? It's part, yeah. of what, no, part of what they're doing and what they're saying about the show is, yeah, well, it's been fucking thrown around freely, so we'll make that point. We'll introduce more plastic crap, and it's fairly topical at the moment with you know, the um, upcoming ban on plastic and stuff mm. like that. That even um, fuck, 30 years ago, this was being talked about yeah. and pitched at a level that kids were seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, wasn't being debated in Congress or in Parliament or anywhere else. This was fucking kids are having this because kids are going to be the ones who are growing up with it, yeah. who are going to have to do something about it. And I mean, you know, I, as a kid, that stuff will wash over you. Like I said, even down to Brave Star being being an Indian or Native American, that that didn't register with me as a kid at all. No. I didn't. 
I didn't question it because I'm a kid, so I wouldn't. No, that's right. But when you look at it now, that is just that's quite a bold move, mm. especially in the eighties. You know. Yeah, and I, so you look at Captain Planet as a as a counter to it, which mm. was very much it's front and center, and we're going to smack you over the head with it. Yeah. Because we need to, because you, know, you had some of the issues with CSEs and greenhouse gas and stuff like that. They kind there was a a very definite cultural shift where people were starting to ask questions. Well, kids were starting to ask questions. Well, hang on, what are greenhouse gases? What what are CSEs? What's this? What's that? Yeah. But that kind of just sort of, okay, we have to do something to respond to that and make it kid-friendly. Mm. This predated that and it handled it a lot better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, nothing, you don't get smacked over the head with anything. And, you know, even though there's, there's violence as a result of the fights that are going on over the, over the minerals and stuff, it's never, it's never overly graphic. No, it's, 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 it's like E-Man level violence, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. But... It's pitched that level very well, and the writing itself carries the show through. As I say, the themes are very adult. The characters are very well realised. You know, yeah. yeah. Even even down to things like um, there's a whole element with with thirty thirty. Like he's he's a kind of brash cowboy sort of character as well. But you yes. find that as the show goes on, that he is like the last of his species. There's a lot of that actually. With characters. Um, so um, thirty thirty is the last of the equestroids. Yeah. Um, Stampede is the last um, Bronxor. Yeah. Um, so no, there, there's cut. so there's, there is this theme of this this ecosystem and this planet that is just dying yeah. because we've strip mined it and yeah. ruined it. You know. Um, I mean, Chris, if you paint them blue, it could be Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. It right. could be. Yeah. It's I again. There there's so many bits to this and so many subtleties and nuances. That I as a kid I just missed completely. So, oh yeah, totally. Because you would, no, you wouldn't pick it up. No. And again, how no as as normal I mean I've watched a couple of episodes online that I've been able to find quality's not great because you know, the, the, you know, these shows are 30 years old and, and, it, and it's filmation the animation is cheap yeah. you know, they, they didn't have thousands and thousands of dollars to throw at these things you know even though there was He-Man and She-Ra and stuff came out of that house mm. they were all the overheads were cheap on those as well there's a lot of repeated frames in the animation yeah. and stuff like that you know it's not it's of a passable quality for TV but it's not yeah, you know, it's not Disney level. No, that's right. And then, like, if you if you were to try and get hold of it now, I mean, I, I've not find it. I've not found it to buy anywhere um, online. It's um, on YouTube. It's on, there's a lot of on YouTube, which is where I picked it up. Yeah, there's official Brave Star channel on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, again, the problem is now you try and play that on a, an HD TV or oh, it looks terrible. It's all awful. Awful. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you're always going to get that, unfortunately. Yeah. So I mean, I ended up watching it on my phone because it's a far smaller screen. Yeah. And so it's still a bit rubbish, but it's not as bad as watching it on a 40 inch TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I went back and watched it. And I remember thinking, "Fuck, I want to watch more of this," because <laughs> it's I want to excellent. excellent. It, it is really good. Is. But it's, I want I wanted to see more over than just to watch the episodes. I wanted to see how they dealt with a lot of stuff. How they how they'd finished it. I mean, you know, they talk about sort of depleting the uh, natural resources and killing off species. I want to see how they dealt with that. Mm. And I didn't get to the end, so I'll probably keep on going. But um, I mean, that's something that I'm very, you know, very definitely interested in sort of picking up and seeing how it ran, how they ran with it. Mm. It's got, I guess what, what we're getting at is there are a lot of these themes in it as well, but what it's got which ties you in is it did create a very rich and real feeling world. Yeah. Even though it's science fiction, it, the rules of that world were very clear, and yes. it was clear that it was dying, and it was it was even clear how all of these various species interacted as well. Like yeah. some hated others, and you know yeah. it was it was clear. But it was it was very useful in that point of view because I said again, it's pitched at kids. No, it's, it would have been pitched at kids who were about 
six, seven. Yeah. So the, these are kids who would have been conscious of things that when the mum and dad are watching the news, they're going to be seeing you know, stuff about the Cold War yeah. and you know, bat various battles and civil wars and whatnot. Not, talk of conservation, talk about resources, talk about oil, certainly. Mm -hmm. And it gives them a context. It lets them sort of they equate frame them. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, well, oil, that's kind of like carrying. Yeah. And you know, this group and that group are kind of like the equinoids and whoever. Yeah. It gives them that thing to hang it on. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, definitely. And I think, again, a lot of shows we've looked at have a, a great deal of mass appeal, mm. but they don't spend the time building a world that people can relate to. They build a world, but it's Based not necessarily not one that, you know, like we've talked um, on previous shows um, about sort of young adult fiction and stuff, and how sort of the whole prem the whole point of it is sort of finding your place and where you fit and how, you know, and sort of really sort of carving a path, if you like. But I think this sort of, early, for, from this earlier age, where you look at sort of five, six, seven, eight, where you are sort of, you are an individual and you're, you're developing your identity and things like that, it gives you, it gives you a frame of reference, which you don't have with a lot of other shows, yeah. especially when you look at shows now. I mean, does it just being four of them, we don't sort of see a lot of the shows that are aimed at the next level up. But I, I dare say that, given the way that sort of preschool and sort of younger children's shows are at the moment, there's not going to be the same level of detail, sort of the same level of importance hung on a lot of things mm. in, in sort of the, that sort of five to eight bracket. Yeah. So it, it's really impressive that the fact that you, know, you look at this show, which is... 30 years old. Jeez. Um, and it's it's doing a, a lot of good socially as, as well yeah. as as well as telling, telling a story that no, I mean 30 years later we're still talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is very carefully constructed to that matter as well. Like, again, coming back to Brave Star's ethnicity, which I feel like I'm hammering home, but it it really is so unusual, particularly in a kid's show as well. Yes. Because that's the kind of thing that that uh, you know, especially the right wing would be very careful of, you know, polluting children's minds and things like that. But yeah. when you look at the whole way that the world is set up, you know, and, and Brave Star as as the marshal is how do they say it in the theme tune? I think it's protector of peace and champion of justice. Yeah. Something like that. And it, and it's interesting that by then choosing to make him a Native American and the son of the shaman, they remove him from from society. Essentially, he's able to look outside yeah. in. That's right. Yeah. And so, as protector of peace, he's very easily able to become an intermediary because he's got no horse in the race. Yeah. So to speak, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when he needs to absolutely off somebody as champion of justice, he does. But yeah. first and foremost, he will always try and find a peaceful resolution. Yeah, that's it. And again, like a lot on a lot of. You look at sort of even things that we you know we've talked before, like He Man and Thundercats. So that there's a very definite black and white, good and evil. Yeah. And this tends to be a, this this, this tends is to be more grey here. Yeah. yeah. The, the, this tends to be a bit more realistic. Yeah. And that's I, 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 as realistic as a show with aliens and cyborgs and things can be. But it, it's a in terms of people and characters, it's a lot more developed and it's a lot more naturalistic and a lot more yeah. relatable. Yeah. And it's a very no, it's, it's a def, it's a definite improvement on on a lot of things so thematically we would have had at the time as well yeah um, as on most formation um, things we've talked about He-Man She-Ra um, Shazam um, there's always a, a moral lesson at the end so we talked about the um, yeah we, we talked about drugs we've talked about 
Um, sort of straight to camera addressing with hey kids yeah. we've no. learned today yes yeah. yeah yeah so the more you know type stuff you know yeah. like we talked about so now talking about resources we've talked about for factions and mm. and sort of the fed of the civil war it's it's over all that but it was always done in, in a way that and yeah, i remember more of those than i do with individual episodes but again it, it was very much not as preachy as stuff like captain planet like captain planet was fucking annoying for a lot not for, for the yeah. most part um because it was very trite it was very did you know, kids, that your parents are killing the fucking planet? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can do something about it. Whereas this was a bit more, okay, well, actually, you know, there are things going on and there are things we can do about it. But we have to remember that you know, not everybody thinks the same as us. No, no. Yeah. People have different beliefs. In it. And it was always sort of, okay, well, shit does happen. And it's how we respond to it as opposed to just shit's gone down, fix it. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, again, the way it was done was a lot more subtle, but a lot more attractive and a lot more engaging. Yeah, I think they they had the moral lesson at the end, I guess, to ramp home the point of the show. But whereas in like Humanity, it it would it almost felt sort of tacked on. Yeah, I think with Bravestar, they've done all the work in the show itself, and if you're intelligent enough, like if you watch them now as an adult, yeah, you will pick the theme up in yeah. watching the show. Like there's one um, that I rewatched recently, um, focusing on. Uh, well, what would be, I guess, a federal marshal character uh, who accidentally kills one of his own crew at war with his gun. And so he's then afraid to pick up the firearm. Right. Uh, and his son gets kidnapped and stuff, and he has to go to Bravestar for help because he's afraid and he gets put in a situation at the end where he then needs to pick his gun up and shoot somebody, and again, he can't do it. And so the, the moral theme running through is that it is wrong to shoot people. Yeah. Listen, listen to that, America. Right? It is wrong to shoot people. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it is. If you pick up a gun, even in defence, people can die, and not necessarily the people that you want to die. Yeah, they they don't hammer you over the head with it, but it's there in the show. And then the moral message at the end just serves to say, actually, if you think back, this is what happened. And Brave Star saved the day by using strength of the bear and speed of the puma, and he didn't actually. Okay, so he's got magic powers. Yeah, fair enough. But no one fucking died. Yeah, he didn't resolve right? shooting everybody. There was a resolution that happened and nobody had to die. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it was a fairly active um, job in the 80s anyway, this sort of whole sort of doom at the end. But, um, yeah, some some of them, are, they're either really, they're really heavy-handed or they're really cheesy. Mm. And I think there was a, there's a sort of very fine line with them. And I think from the ones I've rewatched, I think they did it quite well. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, for a show that features a Native American sheriff with powers of the bear, puma, wolf and hawk, a reanimated zombie gunslinger, a talking cybernetic horse that talks to his gun as well. Yeah. You know, to be able to pull all of that shit off at a conceptual level and then tell these intelligent, well-thought-out stories is it's fucking genius. Yeah. Because it works on both levels. If you just want to watch Brave Star galloping around the thirty thirty battling Texas, you can. Yeah. If you want to look deeper, it's there for you. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think that's probably why. I, I I mean, as a kid, I didn't give shit about it. So I was literally watching Brave Star run around fighting yeah. laser guns. That was that was it. That was all I was fucking interested in. Yeah, that's right. And seeing I don't know how he used the various animal powers. So animals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all with strength of the bear. The others were kind of. I think they were just there to round it out. Now and again, you use Speed of the Puma, but 
there was never a problem that couldn't be solved with strength of the bit. No, I mean, generally, Ice the Hawk was used first because it meant he could get above things and look at That was essentially his own Fendera, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Ears of the Wolf, I don't think I ever remember him using it. I have seen him use it. It was generally when he was on like some sort of stealth in mission. Yeah. But whenever uh, shit got real, it was strength of the bit every time. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Um, I mean, it's... Again, I mean, the majority of the research for this is on, you know, on the Wikipedia page. They'll do some stuff on other sites as well. But there's a, a section on um, Brave Star's um, spirit animal powers. The only one that gets its own paragraph beyond just a, a basic sentence describing it is Strength of the Bear. Because it's the one that we use most often and it's what most effective. You can use it to do everything. Like it's okay, strength of the bear, it does what it says on the tin, it makes him like super strong. Yeah. But he would use it to like pick boulders up and throw them at people or pick I don't know, something metal up and deflect a laser shot. Yeah, or... I mean it could destroy bridges and yeah, knock yeah. walls down and shit like it that. It was a pretty fucking strong bear, to be honest. That's it was it. more like strength of a Kryptonian than strength of yeah. a bear. And it's the same as when they did that speed of the puma. It was almost akin to like the flash. Oh, he did become the Flash. Even his running animation was yeah. similar to Flash. It was no. It wasn't a case of he's fast. It's like he can fucking you know, he, he can stop time effectively and mm. you know, move from A to B. It was that sort of speed. You now, so it was always exaggerated. Um, but yeah, like ears of the wolf and eyes of the hawk. They were just kind of you didn't really see them used to what would be the proper or the full effect. No. and you got the impression they could have done more with them. But. Um, yeah, moving on to characters then. There's about 15,000 of them. Uh, there's loads, because the, the the world was so fucking rich. Yeah. I mean, even, we've talked about Tex-Tex, but they were further recurring villains as well. We had Stampede, who was the chief antagonist, who was the ringleader of the Outlaws, based on Hexagon. Bone thing. Yeah. Um, voiced by Alan Oppenheimer, who did quite a lot of um, He-Man as well. Names seems pop up everywhere, but I can never remember what the fuck he's done, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's in everything we talked about at the moment. Um, so yeah, Stampede was the main villain. Then you had Tex Hex, who um, he was originally um, a, pro- a carrying prospector, um, crushed an overloaded ship while heading home from New Texas, and ended up being stranded there. Um, then you had, uh, in terms of villains, as I'm on that page anyway, you've got um, Barker, Billy the Droid, Cactus Head, who was a, a short robot equipped with two energy cannons. What uh, was the rip off? There was a rip off of Modulock. Well, I say rip off, same company, but it was a Modulock type character with two heads and like. Um, just trying to look for that now. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, there was. Uh, I want to say he might actually have been called Two Face. Yes, he was two uh, two headed cyborg bird. Oh, there you go. But yeah, again, it's not a rip off because the same people made it. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. However, Two Face is. But <laughs> yeah, that's not the point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I mean, like you had no another one called Crank, humanoid fe- humanoid felines with green armor and German accents because. Oh yeah, accents, yeah, yeah. they were the cat things. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's. I think there's tw- there are twenty listings for villains, and probably the same for uh, for heroes as well. You know, Judge McBride, Thirty Thirty, Angus McBride, Billy Bob. Kind of a western without Billy Bob. No, that's right. Deputy Fuzz. Deputy Fuzz. Yeah. He basically the show's equivalent of like a snark yeah. or something like that. He was one of the um, is it Prairie people? These yeah, put, Prairie uh, people. Yeah. And he was just the general. Yeah. Clancy little thing. That yeah, about remember him. the prayer group, Brave Star affectionately called him Lil Partner, so not, not condescending yeah. at all. No, no. Um, but yeah, he's affecting the snarf. Um, then you've got um, Diamondback, who's a snake, a uh, snake like humanoid. Um, could have a doctor, because you know, uh, you've got a doctor, Western, there, could have a yeah. doctor. Uh, Handlebar, the hulking green skull bartender, former space pirate. Uh, Long arm John, with a prosthetic arm. 
I told you the normal name, Molly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's fucking millions of people involved in these shows. I think you're right. It's because they built such a big world. Yeah. They were, they had to no, they had to represent people and have ways of them interacting. So by having the doctor, having the bartender, having then Molly was a courier. I think it's a yeah. So I mean, it's just ways of introducing um, people to that world. Um, but yeah, I, I'd forgotten quite how big this show was. It's huge. And I knew it had a very short run. I didn't realize there was. I didn't realize there were so many episodes. So there were. There were sixty five episodes. I think it ba- they they basically did it in syndication. So they ran it every day. Yeah, I mean, I remember it. As I say, I remember it running for a very short span of time. But I remember it being huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sixty five episodes. They went straight to syndication. So they they just went Monday yeah. Friday. Take out and take your weekends back holidays and Christmas. And I think there was a film as well, wasn't there? There was. There was a film. Um, I think there's a thing called Brave Star the Legend, doesn't yeah. it? I knew. I know there's a game as well. Yeah. Because um, I had the game on Spectrum. Yeah, there were um, there were a couple of different um, couple of different points on on merchandise, but um, 1986, a year before the TV series premiered, Mattel released an action figure line based on the filmation cartoon series. They were large for the time, nearly eight inches tall, and they came in a window box with artwork similar to that of their Masters of the Universe counterparts. So, again, yeah. very, very definitely sort of no He Man inspired. Yeah. Um, each figure had a unique action feature and was packaged with one or more carrying nuggets. So, again, mm-hmm. um, Marshall Braveheart Texas were also, also packaged with laser fire backpack, which shot infrared beams and space age sound effects. I don't remember that. I remember Man in Sound Effects, yeah. I don't remember that. Um, such backpacks were individually available blue for heroes and black for villains. Other figures they could shoot each other. Yeah. Other figures available were Handlebar, Sandstorm, 3030, Scuzz, Fuzz, Colonel Borobot, and Thunderstick. What a name. Thunderstick. Thunderstick. That's an 80s wrestler name if ever I heard of it. Or an oldies porn name. Yeah. Um, the neutral laser weapon, which worked in for a technology and Fort carrying playset, also made the way to taller for toy shelves. Second series of figures were designed but never produced, including Dingo Dan, Judge JB, Long Arm John, Rampage, and the Starhawk vehicle. I remember the vehicle. It's the, yeah, it was like a big fucking. What do you call it? Um, it, it wasn't a jet as such. It had a cargo bay stuff. I remember the oh, okay. vehicle. Yeah, and it had like a pointed the front, sort of came over and then dipped down like a beak. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, Brave Star video game was released: the Commodore sixty four, Amstrad CPC, and ZX Spectrum. Side scrolling shooter game. Um, yeah, it doesn't say if it did pretty well. But I don't remember it. I probably had it because. I remember the game. Definitely. I say, if it was on Spectrum, we'd have had it, but I don't remember it. Um, The various other forms of Brave Star merchandise made their way to the market, including Colorform's Adventure Set, Viewmaster Reels, Ladybird Storybook, Pillowcase Sticker Album, Water Gun, among others. A comic book series, Brave Star in in 3D, began under Blackthorn Publishing, uh, I was in 1987. So, I mean, yeah, they they went all out. I mean, as as, um, Formation tends to do, uh, and Mattel with them. And just churn out toys. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and why not? It seems to have worked. And I mean, certainly from, we're, not, we're two for two in, in this room, but with the, so the toy came first, we had the toy which introduced us to the show. And I dare say that's probably probably uh, a, a big proportion of, of their audience. It, I mean, it's cyclical, wouldn't it? You'd have, you'd have the toys, you'd watch the show, and then you'd want more toys. Yeah. But I mean, t- it tends to be you watch a show and then you pick up, then you see the toy and then you pick up the toy and then you go back to the show and you keep on going and going. But it's a, for the toy to come first, so it's a yeah. bold move. It is. I think part of that probably comes down to sort of production times on the toys themselves and stuff. You know, like it probably takes longer 
to get a toy proofed and through manufacturing than it does to get the first few episodes of the show out, maybe. And possibly, yeah. perhaps something went wrong. I, I don't know, maybe it was intentional. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I was thinking about me thinking about the sort of the Tex Hex toy. I mean, I've still got it so I can check, but I mean, if you think of the way that they were put together, so you had a, to- a torso and groin, the legs came off, but not the feet, mm. but the arms broke into like three pieces. No, and then you had the accessories and stuff. You know, I mean, but they were all individually molded, so it wasn't like He-Man where it was all the same torso in different colours. Yeah. And you stuck a different head on it, and occasionally you gave it hair. Um, yeah, they all looked different. They, yeah, they were yeah. all they were all molded and made differently. Um, like saying with, with like turtles and stuff like that, you made the same turtle that you made a different colour. Yeah. But these were all separate toys that all were put together differently. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that was it. Maybe they 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 underestimated or they overestimated how long it would take to get the toys out. So they, yeah, yeah. they did the run and then go, oh shit, they're ready. We don't no, want to really do. Yeah, we don't want to sit around in a warehouse. Yeah, so we'll sell them and then we'll have to you know, bring up the show, but the show's not ready, so we'll just have to say, well, fuck it, we'll sell them now, and then the show can sell on the back of the toys, not the other way around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fairly typical of that sort of period. It was just churning out toy after toy after toy. Um, I'm surprised actually they weren't given how many characters they were. They weren't full sets. Yeah. Um, and then that's you know, they've talked about vehicles and stuff like that. They could have, they could have quite easily dragged that out. I th- yeah, I think part of the problem you get with with the vehicles and stuff with with Brave Star is much like He Man with with Cringer and Battle Cat. Like yeah. thirty thirty was a character as well. Yes. So you wanted a thirty thirty action figure. Yeah. Not just a horse for Brave Star to ride on. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's, it's quite interesting. Um, t- in terms of home release. Um, Moved to VHS. Um, it was on a, an all-star theatre um, c- uh, compilation from uh, Filmation. So it was a couple of, with a couple of episodes of He-Man and stuff like that as well. Oh um, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Not available on DVD though, only on, uh, <coughs> on VHS. Um, BCI Eclipse, under, under license from Entertainment Rights, released the entire series on DVD in Region 1 for the first time in 2007-2008. Released in two volume sets, with the first volume featuring several bonus features. As of 2009, these releases have been discontinued or out of print as BCI, BCI Eclipse ceased operations. Um, 2010, Mill Creek Entertainment uh, now sort of acquired the rights and reselling them in North America. Subsequently, released a complete series in two single volumes in, in 2011. Um, again, it doesn't say if it's available um, in the UK or Europe, it just says we'll talk about Region 1. It's um, available on a German DVD. Okay. Um, whether it's translated or not, I couldn't tell you, but the, I just doing a little bit of internet shopping now as we're talking to fact check this and it is £12.86 for the complete series in German well, there you go um, then as of April 2017 there's still a number of episodes available free view on demand on the verified YouTube account of Brave Star Official mm-hmm. so yeah so I mean there are episodes available um, properly rather than you know, iffy downloads and you know, people can the screen and stuff like that so I mean if you're going to do it go for the proper one rather, yeah. than, uh, rather than picking up a dodgy one um, but yeah, I mean, I've we've talked quite a lot about some of the, uh, the 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 nuances and some of the things we've enjoyed about it. I mean, I I personally had f- forgotten about this show until we started talking about doing this podcast. It's one of those that I just it, it whereas a Thundercats or a He Man or a Transformers because they're always there, they're always sort of in the back of your mind. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about this show, and was pleasantly surprised then picking it up at how how good it was, but how deep it was, or how much there was to it, rather than it just being another kids show yeah and I think I was quite surprised by that and I was quite pleased I'm, I, mean, I think I watched three episodes so I've got another 62 I need, uh, 60, yeah 62 I need to go back and pick up and, and go through again 
Doesn't Easily. Child's play. You can do that by next time we record, surely. Probably, yeah. Won't tell you if I have or haven't, but I probably could. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's not one. Like, we've we talked about some things, and we've gone, oh yeah, we can dip in and out, and you know, you can pick you can pick up one or two, but you're not going to sit there and binge the whole thing. This one, I kind of want to see what happens, which is stupid because you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm the wrong side of my mid thirties, if I'm honest. So I mean, it's not something I should actually give a fuck about. But, but I kind of want to see how it pans out. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. For me, as I say, um, this is one of the sh- this is one of the shows I think that really sums this podcast up for me. I, I've talked before about the difference between, you know, remembering something with nostalgia and, and just really connecting with something because you love it. And and I think Brave Star is one of those shows for me. I don't necessarily think of Brave Star, you know, as often as I would think of He-Man or Thundercats or Transformers because it's not thrown in my face by popular culture quite yeah. so much. But Genuinely, I think if you were to lay a bunch of DVDs out in front of me now, and if you had like Brave Star, Thundercats, He Man, and Transformers for sake of argument, I would probably pick up Brave Star. And I might be the only person in the room that would do it. But really? I, I was the right age. I had the right background. Hmm. I loved this show, and I will always fondly remember it. And I'm really pleased having gone back and watched it because I hadn't watched it since, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I'm really pleased having gone back and watched it to find that it is as good as I remember. In fact, better than I remember. Um, and yeah, I, I think I've got just been pricing the DVDs now as it goes. <laughs> so yeah, I want to get back in and watch them all again because it's genuinely a fucking good show. Yeah, and I mean, as we've said, I think that the fact that because there's so much to, more to it than we really realised as a kid, no, yeah. you, you can read it differently as an adult. I think there's, that's very much a bonus and there's very definite uh, attraction in going back to it for me. Yeah, I think if it's uh, probably more so than any of the other shows we've talked about, if this is something that you didn't see as a child mm. and you don't remember... Which is quite possible. Which is know. which is quite possible, then I would absolutely say it's still worth watching. I definitely can't think of many other shows we've talked about where I would say that. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of the other ones, you know... Age doesn't treat them so well, and yeah, and the sheen does rub off if you don't have that nostalgic connection. I don't think that's the case here, and certainly as we touched on right back at the start of the episode, you know, if subsequently you've watched and enjoyed Firefly, for instance, like, look, Joss would have been too old to be watching Brave Star for this to be a, a touchdown for Firefly, but the stuff that that Brave Star is based off is probably yeah. the same kind of stuff that Firefly was based off, and there are similarities between the two, certainly yeah. thematically. Um, so if you've enjoyed that, give Brave Star a look. It's not the same, you know. It is, if anything, I think more action orientated, and certainly far more of a western than Firefly yes. ever was. Um, Firefly tended to steer more towards that kind of spaghetti western end of the spectrum, whereas this is a good old fashioned western. Yeah. Um, Go for it. Just pick this up. It's I mean, and not even just Firefly. Like I think Brave Star's impact on popular culture is probably wider ranging than you realise. I mean, I even think back now. Um, I thought it at the time playing the game and just talking about this podcast. Now it's brought it to the forefront of my mind again. But as I was playing through uh, Assassin's Creed Three, and you've got yeah. a Native American character, and that Connor is the hero, and he's got animal powers. Yeah. There's no way that's an accident. No, somebody is, and the, and the people developing that would, would be the right sort of age. Yeah, uh, like there's no way he's even got like I think it is hawk vision or something like that. Like, yeah, he's got animal powers, and it, 
that must have come from Bravestar. I'd, I'd have thought so. I mean, given that the the time that came out, the age of the people developing would have been kind of rife for it. Yeah, there, there are tropes here that have definitely since been picked up in popular culture by other mediums that I guess without being around when Brave Star started, you wouldn't realise came from here. Yeah. But there were people there for Brave Star and they have picked that up Absolutely. and carried it through life with them and utilised it elsewhere. Definitely. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely I cannot recommend this show enough. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So yeah, so that's Brave Star. Um, if you like what you've heard, um, get in touch. Um, we're on uh, on Twitter at SNPD Pod. You can find us on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Um, go to our website, dddpodcast.net. Um, we've got previous episodes of some other shows on there as well, which are really good, um, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so drop us a line, get in touch, let us know what you think. And until next time. Strength of the Bear.